0: It's The Real Estate Podcast, across every state, city and town of Australia.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast on iHeartRadio and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, it's Sunday, June the 26th for 2022. I hope your weekend is nice and relaxing. Coming up in just a moment, as always on a Sunday, we have the Sunday Weekend in Review, where we'll be looking back over the last week with some of the real estate insights and comments about the current market and I see that more profile building companies are falling over and calling in the receivers. Unfortunately thousands of jobs around Australia in the building sector have already been affected with shutdowns and commentators are predicting it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better, with one research company saying that insolvencies are trending upwards in the house construction industry, and it predicts that house construction company numbers will decline by 9% in 2022-23. And the NAB has said that construction is now the most concerning industry on the bank's portfolio. And you just know that there is a significant problem when a bank highlights that.
0: From first home buyers to property investors and everything in between, every morning on The Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with propertybuyer.com.au. All
1: right, let's have a look at your weather around Australia on this Sunday morning. First, we go to Sydney expecting another fine and sunny day, a high of 20 degrees. Melbourne, the rain is back, so is the lower temperature, just 13 degrees. Brisbane, on your Sunday morning, expecting blue skies and a high of 23 degrees. And in Perth, expecting a fine and... And sunny one, and your high of 22 degrees.
0: It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. And what are the
1: vendors saying? Because they've got to be pretty happy when you're saying, before you get the auction underway, that seven registered bidders are there at their property ready to go.
2: Yeah, look, I I think that's always a good sign for those guys, to be honest. Um, They were very happy, you know, leading into the actual auction itself. It it sort of gives them confidence that, you know, whatever price they get at the auction is, you know, is, is almost guaranteed to probably be the best price that's out there at the moment. And,
1: you know, tomorrow it will be one month since we all went to the polls on election day. So four weeks on and, you know, things are a little bit better, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. I think, you know, the
2: weekend, I think pretty much leading up to the election, the month of May, it was particularly tricky, I think, for for a lot of the campaigns we had on the market, just due to that uncertainty, you know, rates and also the election. And then as soon as that election sort of had been done and finalised with, you know, there's definitely been a bit more sort of confidence that's come back amongst the buyers, uh, as I sort of said before, yeah.
1: Are you starting to see any downsizing taking place with the people that you're interacting with?
2: Yes, yeah, definitely. You know, I think we've we've had a few more, like you said, the cash price probably isn't what it was last year. You know, a lot of those sort of homeowners have owned in the area for a long time. So they're still, you know, whatever they're getting out with may not be as much as last year, but it's still quite a good sum in, in view of what's happened over the last few years in the market.
1: And the average Sydney mortgage is around the 800k mark, but a lot of transactions of vendors selling in Sydney are carrying a lot less debt. They have a lot more equity in their homes, which really does sort of make a bit of a big difference in terms of their mindset towards the wholesale mechanism and process.
2: Yeah, definitely, Craig. Look, I, you know, I, I think in those sorts of situations, it, it does take sort of a bit of pressure off. They may not be, you know, chasing the actual dollar price as much, and, and sort of more, more open to hearing, you know, what the market's saying, where the buyers see feedback, and, and you know, and value, and and ultimately are open to to where it gets to on the day. You know, sometimes it may not be quite where where they wanted it, but, you know, if they're willing to listen to the market, they'll, they'll get their property sold.
0: It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. And one of the other key things to
1: consider is the tightening vacancy rate. So perhaps maybe just explain that a little to the listener, to somebody that might be thinking about commercial, what that means.
3: Yeah. Good question. Vacancy rates are one of the biggest uh, reasons for capital growth at the moment. And I'll explain it using two different asset classes. One is the office space. Now everyone is quite famously aware of office space has been quite weak through COVID. People have been working from home, they're traveling less into the CBDs, and the result of that is less people in the office. So that has increased vacancy rates for CBD office markets all around the world. That has actually reduced the growth rate as a a result. Because the rents aren't growing as quick, because there's less demand, there's going to be less capital growth for that asset class. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got industrial. So you could imagine through COVID and, and through the internet boom, we're seeing people are buying more and more online. That means more need for storage more need for manufacturing. Basically, the logistics sector is is redlining. And it's, uh, it's causing the lowest ever vacancy rates in, in the industrial market's history. And that's causing rents to grow very quick in the industrial space. And investors are loving that, not only because uh, we're seeing fast growth rates in industrial rents, but it also implies a certain la- layer of security. Because if you know you're going to find a tenant quick because the vacancy rate's tight, then that's going to make you feel more comfortable with the asset and investors are going to be more likely to purchase it in that case, which actually increases the demand on the sale side of things.
1: And is it fair to say that one of the big differences between residential and commercial property is that commercial has more of its growth attached to its rental income?
3: Yeah, that's right. So as the rent grows, you' basically how you calculate the value of a commercial property is its annual rent divided by the market's cap rate. Now a cap rate is short for capitalization rate. Capitalization rate is effectively a percentage of a market. So I'll use an example. Uh, Sydney's capitalization rate for uh, you know just say general commercial property might be 4%. So if you're collecting uh, $100,000 of rent at a capitalization rate of 4%, all you're doing is $100,000 divided by 0.04, which is 4%. So that's a $2.5 million asset. So that's, if you increase the rent by $10,000 a year on that same property with a 4% cap rate, that increases the value of the property to 2.75. So $10,000 of rent per annum equals 250000 in capital growth. It's a very simple equation which is uh, universally used across the world to calculate the value of commercial property. So to answer your question, Craig, yes, it's 100% attached to the value of the rent, but there's also other factors that influence the capitalization rate. And that's where it starts to get a little bit more scientific because every property might have a slightly different cap rate depending on the security, the length of lease the type of tenant you've got in there, the age of the building. There's all these little, that's where it gets a little bit more grey. But the rent is attached to the value.
0: Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. And Amy, you've got a question.
4: Hello Rich, do you find there are more listings or less listings during the winter months?
5: Look, thanks, Amy. That's a great question. Look, in winter's traditionally a time when homes aren't looking their best. You know, you find that the, the flowers aren't budding and, and the leaves have fallen off the trees and there's the yard needs cleaning up. And you also find that people tend to take a lot of holidays. They often go to the snow or go to Fiji or to those warmer climates. I think a lot of people think there's a lot of less buyer activity. But for those that do venture outside, you're going to find that it's far easier to get the agent's attention. But is there more or less winter listings in winter, generally there's a slight dip in the volume of listings. It doesn't mean there's no listings, there's just less listings around. And the reason is that people prefer to, send, to sell during the spring season, which traditionally has the, the highest bump in the season. But there's also a bump in listings just before the Easter season.
1: And I want to ask you this, what do you think the impact at the end of June is for the financial year in relation to property negotiations?
5: Well, it's an artificial, you know, end of the year. It's halfway through the middle of the calendar year, but it is a time when investors really focus on their finances. And it can be a moment when a person realizes that, you know what? It's actually going to be better to sell this property prior to 30 June because we can, you know, capitalize uh, a gain or capitalize a loss, whatever their situation affords. And therefore it might be better to, to actually execute a sale prior to the end of 30 June. One thing also just great to to point out to the listeners it's when you are buying a property and you're calculating capital gains tax CGT it's the date of acquisition or the date of ex- unconditional exchange for which the capital gains tax is calculated not the date you take ownership or settlement of the property the date you take you actually sign the contract is is the most important date so a lot of people don't realize that because they might have a 3 or 4 month settlement instead of a standard 6 week settlement
0: We are just as addicted to property as you are.
4: It's the Real Estate Podcast, across Australia, seven days a week. Hi, it's Katie from the Hunter Valley Wine and Tourism Association, and I'm back to do a little recap on this amazing Hunter Valley getaway prize. So what we've got so far is a two-night stay at McCure Resort, Hunter Valley Gardens, with breakfast included, a deluxe tasting experience gift voucher worth $100 at Deulius Wines, and a Go-Karts Go experience. That's great. But, Katie, you have even more parts to the competition. Oh, thanks, Amy. There is. So we also have a Winehouse Hunter Valley cocoa nib and wine pairing chocolate experience and a helicopter flight with Aero Logistics Hunter Valley. And you still have more details. Yes, there is Amy. This prize gets better and better. You also have a balloon ride from Balloon Aloft and a behind-the-scenes guided vineyard and winery tour, plus a structured wine tasting and cheese platter with Tamburlaine Organic Wines. And Katie, you are back tomorrow with more prizes. Yes, I am, Amy. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow where I'll reveal another prize component of this spectacular Hunter Valley getaway.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia, the Real Estate Podcast.